It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. Brett Baer. An historic day in Washington as the House of Representatives holds a vote to oust Speaker Kevin McCarthy with Florida Congressman Matt Gates filing the motion to vacate. And it succeeds. On this vote, the yeas are 216, the nays are 210. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant. This comes as a number of House Republicans voice their anger with Speaker McCarthy for passing a bipartisan funding bill to avoid a government shutdown. The Democrats sided with seven Republicans, and now there is no Speaker of the House. That and more happening today. Lots to cover for a conversation on this and more. We bring in our panel, Fox News senior political analyst Juan Williams and Fox News audio political anchor, Washington correspondent Jared Halpern. Jared, uh, I don't think a lot of people saw this coming. We knew it was going to be close, but the fact that McCarthy becomes the first Speaker of the House to be kicked out uh, is quite something. If you think about how many Republicans stood up for him, and it was seven Republicans and all the Democrats siding to take him down, and now there's chaos in the House leadership. It was extraordinary to to be in the chamber as this vote happened, Brett. There was um, as full a chamber as you can imagine, and yet very still, very quiet as the clerk read the final tally. And really up until that point, um, there were a lot of questions about whether or not Kevin McCarthy would survive this vote once he called for this motion to vacate to be uh, handled this afternoon. And, you know, part of that was because up until about an hour or so before uh, the procedural votes got underway, Democrats hadn't shown their hands at all. There were still some questions about whether or not Democrats may help to bail out Kevin McCarthy to avoid uh, some of this chaos that that now uh, consumes the chamber. But ultimately, we saw this statement, this letter from uh, House Democratic leaders basically Um, giving their reasons why they had issues with Kevin McCarthy, why he is to blame and Republicans are to blame for this internal fight that they find themselves in and basically signaling that they were not going to be a lifeline. And so the question became how many Democrats uh, would not show up to the vote and how many Republicans ultimately would uh, take this historic step and vote to oust 
the Speaker of the House of Representatives less than a year into his term, a term that started out very shaky as well, taking 15 rounds to uh, settle on Kevin McCarthy. But, Brett, the history of this is hard to uh, ignore. The first time that the House has removed the speaker, just a second time and the first time in more than a century that they even took this unprecedented step of voting to remove a speaker of the House. And, you know, Juan, it's it's just um, it's amazing now as far as what happens next. We saw in January that when Speaker McCarthy became speaker, it took 15 different votes. Well, now this process starts all again with a very thin majority. Uh, who's going to be speaker? How is he or she going to operate? Um, and meanwhile, the markets look at this and a lot of them. You know, a lot of uh, folks on Wall Street say this was shaky and volatile and the markets tanked. Yeah, it's not good news for the country. Uh, you know, I just picking up on what Jared was saying and I I speak to you. I just think from all of my political experience in Washington, you know, I've been covering national politics since 1980. I was covering Ronald Reagan for The Washington Post. And I just feel a sadness about this. I know that the operative word is chaos. I heard you say it, Brett, but I just think that it, you know, it's dysfunction. It's broken government. Um, and I I see this as a threat to our very stability. I mean, you know, it's one thing when you say, oh boy, those guys don't get along or they're acting like it's high school. But it's another thing when, as you know, we came close to not funding the government, uh, shutting down just last week. And there you had 90 no votes from McCarthy's caucus from Republic, his fellow Republicans. He had to rely on Democratic votes. Then there was a sense of, well, he's making secret deals with the president about funding for Ukraine. Look, uh, to my mind, you know, McCarthy had to break a deal that he had made earlier uh, when it, the debt ceiling was up. Then he had last week when he was trying to get the funding bill, he had 21 Republicans vote against a continuing resolution that included more money for the border, and more spending cuts. So, you know, it's like, wow, what what, what do you want? What is going on here? And uh, when you get a situation where we came close to that shutdown with the government unable to, you know, pay the TSA so they couldn't fly the planes, we couldn't collect taxes, we couldn't pay our soldiers, now we're not supporting our ally in a fight against Russia. You just have to think, my God, what is this? Now, you have people like Steve Scalise, uh, you know, uh, Congressman Emmer, uh, obviously Patrick Henry is there. But the question is, can any of them manage to control what has become a very radical group of Republicans uh, who seem to delight in chaos? So. And there's all kinds of commentary coming in. Uh, Newt Gingrich said that uh, Matt Gates should be expelled from the caucus. Uh, Ari Fleischer said, unbelievable. The Democrats, with the help of Matt Gates and a handful of GOP members, just ousted the Republican Speaker of the House. What a mess. This is so foolish. Why would anyone want to be Speaker of the House? Right now, it's Representative Patrick uh, McHenry from North Carolina becomes the acting Speaker of the House. He obviously voted for uh, supporting McCarthy. He's one of his uh, chief deputies. Um, the question is, Jared, to Juan's point, who does coalition, you know, coalesce um, that caucus 
And if not, they're risking losing those thin seats that hand then the majority over to the Democrats. And that was one of the warnings that you heard from allies of Kevin McCarthy over the last couple of weeks, that if they go down this path and remove the speaker, Speaker McCarthy, then it opens up a lot of questions about who can find that consensus. Um, You know, is there a Republican who can get 218 votes, uh, given what we've just watched here with uh, the ouster of Kevin McCarthy? You know, I remember back in January when we had that very uh, prolonged speaker vote, uh, Patrick McHenry uh, was one of those who who really tried to build consensus around Kevin McCarthy. He was also somebody whose name was sometimes floated like a, a break in a break in case of emergency kind of kind of uh, guy as well. That perhaps he could be speaker if everything continues to go south for Kevin McCarthy. So it's notable that he's now uh, in this pro tem position. And you know the other thing that has been brought out is would Democrats be willing to have a coalition? type of speaker, right? A, a speaker that maybe has an R next to their name, but promises uh, additional powers for Democrats, equal seating on committees, <laughs> things like that, equal subpoena What's, power. Very and let me interrupt. Once you, once you start down that road, uh, you open up the possibility of subpoena power uh, for Democrats, because they'll likely say in certain committees that that's what they want. And that essentially halts Uh, Republican investigations that they've been touting as some of the things that they're doing that are good. Well, and again, I think that's one of the concerns that was raised by allies of Kevin McCarthy over the last couple of weeks, right, is that what is the outcome here? What does the final picture look like? And in this scenario that, listen, it may still be uh, far off in the off the realm of possibility, but as this now becomes more and more question marks following it, the House at some point is going to need to elect a speaker, going to have to move forward with governing. Um, is there a candidate who can come forward who can attract, you know, a handful of Democrats to, to help get elected? I don't know. But yeah. you would think that if they did, Democrats would want something in return. Panel, we'll hold it right there. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And the thing is, Juan, you know, it's all happening very quickly, and we they're in recess right now, but... Uh, Byron York, our colleague, says uh, Matt Gates has pulled off what is probably the greatest dog caught the car moment in American political history. Now comes the time when the dog has to concede he has no idea what to do next. Um, others are pointing out that, you know, he's Gates is surrounded by reporters on the uh, steps of the Capitol, journalists who uh, are asking tough questions, but that's what he loves. Uh, There's some word that he may be running for Florida governor. Um, but he is telling reporters that he could support Steve Scalise, Congressman Emmer, Mike Johnson, Hearn, even Lee Zeldin as Speaker of the House. Zeldin, of course, ran for governor of New York. Um, and so now there becomes this this jockeying uh, as the chamber itself is in limbo, frozen, can't take up any other action until there is a Speaker of the House. You had, you know, a situation where. You know, you had like two dozen House Republicans who were not reliable votes for Kevin McCarthy. Um, and now what we've seen is, was it seven or eight votes to oust him coming from fellow Republicans? 
who is the Republican that can claim those seven or eight votes, bring them back into the fold, back into the caucus? You know that people like the majority whip, Tom Emmer, uh, congressman from Minnesota, conservative, nobody doubts that. But is Tom Emmer going to be acceptable to people who are what I would call MAGA Republicans? You know, they're Trump Republicans. And I just don't know that. I, I, I think that in much the way that they questioned McCarthy, even as McCarthy made all sorts of efforts to show that he was in line with Donald Trump, the, that faction is never going to be satisfied unless they have someone who they feel is of the kind of passion and you know, I would argue extremism that's identified with Trump. So it, it's like the centrist in the party are not the ones who are governing the Republican caucus. It's at the right wing. Yeah. And, and you know, the I'll, eight Republicans who joined with the 208 Democrats to vacate the, the speaker, kicking McCarthy out, essentially are ensuring that nothing like that January deal that McCarthy made to be speaker is ever going to happen again. It, I think that there, because of this action, you will never see what we saw in January that enabled that few number, just one, uh, to bring up this motion to vacate, which is what Gates took advantage of. Jared. I was going to make that point exactly, Brett, that the next speaker still will have that sort of Damocles over their head, right? That the rules of the House, um, unless the, the House votes on a new rules package, aren't going to change. So the ability for a single member, a single uh, Republican to call for, for this type of vote to happen again is still going to be something that the next speaker will always have to consider when moving forward with any kind of legislation, any kind of spending plot policy, uh, even as they consider kind of the mic up of these committees and, and the investigations that they have underway. So I, I do think to, to your point and to Juan's point, um, you know, is there somebody that not only can get 218 votes to become speaker, uh, but kind of wants to be speaker, given what we've seen uh, over right. the last several weeks? The other interesting thing is that uh, the former president, who's obviously entangled in his, all his uh, legal issues, was in the courtroom uh, this morning up in New York uh, for the civil suit. He got on Truth Social and said he just, why is it always that Republicans attack each other and don't go after um, the left in such vigor, basically, is the message in not so many words. Yet nothing from him since McCarthy has been kicked out and the motion to vacate has succeeded. Arguably, McCarthy's, some of the biggest criticism of McCarthy from the middle, from the left, from even some on the right, is that he bent over backwards for former President Trump in ways that were starkly different than how he talked about the former president after January 6th, Juan. And now, in the midst of this moment, um, Matt Gates has said that he has talked to the former president in, in recent days and that... Um, and that he is not uh, does not believe that the former president opposed what he did. Uh, so you wonder, you know, how much that loyalty uh, got McCarthy in the end. Wow. So I didn't know what you just said. Uh, you're ahead of me as usual. But I, I, I took that note that he put out that the former president Trump put out on Truth Social saying, why are Republicans always attacking each other in fighting? 
as a potential sign that he was going to get involved, maybe make a few calls in between breaks in his trial uh, and just make it very clear, if you cross McCarthy, you're crossing me. He did not do that. He didn't do it. So, you know, McCarthy had made it, made every effort, um, it seems to me, realizing that Trump is the leader of the party, a much more powerful figure even than the Speaker of the House. I'll stop here for a second and just remind the two of you that at one point people were debating whether or not it was the case that Donald Trump might become Speaker of the House because you don't have to be a congressman to be Speaker of the House. Um, But (laughs) that that would throw things into a tizzy. That would exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, the the fact that uh, you get someone like Matt Gates saying, I don't have a game plan. I don't know what's next, but I've been in touch with the leader of the Republican Party, and he has no problem with what's going on. So what is his game plan? Is his game plan just breaking down government chaos and he thinks he benefits from chaos? I guess, but in all honesty, I don't know how that helps him. I think that the message initially for all this infighting to the American public and to voters swing voters and Republicans, I'm excluding Democrats here, was, oh, this is just static, you know, Washington, I don't like politicians, all these guys are always going after each other. But now that you have ousted the Speaker of the House, that goes beyond static. That is a message to the voters as we approach 2024. It's not a good message for Republicans. Yeah, and so let's look back quickly, Jared, to 2020. Arguably, no matter what side you were on in the Republican caucus, uh, McCarthy was largely considered a major, major fundraiser, a major political mover to get Republicans elected or to protect Republican seats. One of the seats that he protected in a very close race was North Carolina's. Congresswoman Nancy Mace. She is one of the eight who voted to vacate the speaker tonight. Now, she said her beef with McCarthy has been about women's issues, not more specific than that. But you wonder how aligning with Matt Gates to bring kind of the House to a standstill at this moment advances her goals any further. I mean, it's just it's an interesting dynamic. Her vote is not the be all end all. She, you know, she yeah. It was one more than was needed to do it, but it still raises the question how these people, what the thought process was in grinding the House to a standstill. There was an audible gasp, Brett, in the chamber when she voted. Um, I think it was one of the more unexpected votes uh, in this series that we witnessed this afternoon. And she immediately after voting left the House floor and went into the cloakroom. Um It really was one of those moments that it became very clear that this was not going to turn out in favor of um, Kevin McCarthy. And you're right. Her vote was not the deciding vote, but it really was one of those votes as they went through this roll call in alphabetical order that signified that the the dam was really breaking here for Kevin McCarthy. And you're right. She is not Nancy Mace, a, a congresswoman who generally is in that same alignment with Matt Gates and and Rosendale and and Biggs and the others who sort of were leading this effort to oust Kevin McCarthy. And the question now, one, is whether McCarthy tries again, whether some of those people say on that list, okay, this was a a moment to express our 
displeasure and he's back in and however many many votes it takes uh he gets to be speaker again or has that has he jumped the shark now and there's no way and he wouldn't do it anyway i mean that's really a big question going forward i agree with you there was some talk even before this and i considered it just sort of frivolous but there was talk that if he was ousted he would leave the congress well the thing about it is for those of us who know him he is a pretty optimistic guy and even today before the vote uh chad pergram uh the fox senior congressional correspondent stopped him in the hallway on the way into the house and he was saying oh uh I'm confident I, you know, I got the funding bill through. I've been through these votes, you know, no matter what, I am able to do it. It'll work out. But gosh, despite the confidence, it's just the political reality that he has been embarrassed. I mean, it's, you know, on some level, you got to take that uh, what Matt Gates did was personal. It certainly was proved to be tactically sophisticated because it worked. But it's also very personal. And some of these things, like you were talking about Nancy Mace, how can that not be personal? He clearly was a supportive political figure for Nancy Mace, and she just stabbed him in the back. At that, I'm going to have to leave it there, guys, because uh, there's a lot of news to cover. I I really appreciate it. A bit of history really quickly. October 4th, 1957, Soviet Union launched its first ever artificial satellite into orbit, Sputnik 1. You know... We, we feel like we're launched into orbit today because we just had a show that went out the window. But we still got the podcast in. Thanks to Jared and thanks to Juan. If uh, We'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Juan and Jared, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch.